Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy in Leadership podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. In this podcast, we interview senior leaders and thought leaders to get their best practices on leading teams, creating and executing strategy, and fostering the culture within an organization that works. My guest today is Alex Rooney, who is the vice president and co-founder of Vision 33, Inc. Alex, how are you today? Hey, great, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm super excited to be able to chat with you. Um, I love getting to know a little bit about the organization and its Canadian roots. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about you and your personal background and then the background of the company. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you touched on a key word there, Canadian. So I, I am a proud Canadian and a proud American all wrapped into one. So uh, I spent uh, approximately half my life in Canada and the other half I've spent in America, mostly here in, in California, where I'm based right now. And uh, yeah, we're talking today about Vision 33, uh, IT professional services as our core. We operate mainly in North American and European geographies. There's about 500 people in, uh, in around six countries. Some of our business lines focus around uh, SAP, business application software, uh, we have a large enterprise practice around project management, consulting, change management. We have a e-government practice dealing with uh, municipal and civic governments, uh, both in America and in Canada. A very vibrant innovation team uh, developing intellectual property uh, uh, proprietary to Vision 33 and supporting our business lines. You told me a little bit about your background. You weren't always in the uh, software business, were you? No, no. I, uh, my academic background, I started off with a undergraduate degree in civil engineering at Memorial University in Newfoundland. The graduate work in environmental engineering at UC Berkeley in California. I spent about five years in the oil and gas space, primarily in the offshore business, in the offshore platform business. And I uh, lived and worked in uh, North America and Australia primarily, and then uh, was transferred to California in the late 90s. And uh, at that point, uh, as uh, many find themselves in their lives, uh, I was at a bit of an inflection point where I was going to settle down, start a family, and the offshore business does not lend itself well to uh, staying home and raising a family. So... I connected with an old engineering colleague of mine who'd been friends for a long time and who had a small consulting practice in St. John's, Newfoundland, our hometown. And uh, we partnered up together at that time to take advantage of uh, a significantly larger uh, business ecosystem in California specifically. And we ended up starting a partnership with SAP as a global German software publisher as a value-added reseller for that space. And that's kind of how we got the foundation and the roots together of uh, what's the uh, modern-day Vision 33, I like to say. So started out in a small way, and over, the, over time, uh, we've had consistent growth over the last 15 years, an average of probably 25% a year, year over year, good profitable growth over that time period. And... Today we, uh, you know, we find ourselves as a global firm serving over 2,000 
cloud and on-premise customers with package and custom software solutions across 30 offices and uh, about 500 people. Wow. So how was it, you know, being one of the founders and, and driving that, you know, um, I have so many questions, actually. I have questions about strategy. I have questions about yeah. people. Yeah. And I know people and culture is really at the heart of Vision 33. So maybe you can take us through, I don't know, your process or your general approach to, you know, attracting great talent, to retaining great talent, and, and what has been the real driver um, for the success of Vision 33. I would be remiss not to say that uh, my partner and friend, Tony Whalen, who serves as our president right now, is uh, – deserves a great amount of credibility and credit for and kudos for uh, where we are today. And together, I mean, we had a great chemistry. We both brought uh, a good compatibility together in terms of skill set. And uh, we weren't afraid to take some risks. And uh, we had big dreams. So I would say uh, I would really have to make sure I mention that. that uh, and together today, we uh, we're still... We'll talk together every day and think about where the business should be in the next five years. You know, one of our challenges, Anthony, we, you think about culture in an organization, and we find ourselves in a situation where we have multiple geographies, we have international boundaries, we have, I think, 20 different languages spoken in, in the organization. So culture we have to basically rise above that layer of intricacies and complexities and time zones, backgrounds, cultures, religions, and we have to rise above all those and come up with some common creeds and establish like one culture in the organization to the extent that that is possible. And that's been a challenge in itself. And I think, uh, you know, you tie back, tie those back to what, you know, the core values of an organization. And that's certainly a foundation you can lay to uh, set culture in an organization. So we did that quite a while ago and laid out, laid out the core values of the organization and our management philosophies. And then in terms of those management philosophies, how have you found them? I mean, obviously expanding geographic borders, but do you find that it's been pretty consistent road, you know, looking at the different types of people, whether that's uh, geographic areas or functional areas, have you found that it's been easy to get everybody underneath those um, those same common values? Or what have you done in practice mm -hmm. to support that being bought into? Yeah, I think, I mean, that is always a work in progress because there's always new people coming in the organization. There's people leaving the organization. So that is a constant work in progress. I mean, you can boil it down to three core tenets in terms of a management philosophy that our management team has to rally around. And uh, one of those management philosophies is focus. You know, we have business lines that focus on, in most cases, one single thing. So our, our goal is, you know, focus on the business, focus on your thing and be the best at it and focus people on one job where they can have the greatest impact. So it's very tempting, especially when you're a smaller size organization, to try and wear multiple hats. And I think it's really hard to be successful and excel and optimize talent when you do that. So focus people on one job and put them where they have the greatest impact. And that's not always the most cost-effective way to do it, but I think it's a scalable way to do things. And then we have, in terms of focus, also 
we've structured our corporate services. So things like accounting, human resources, admin, internal IT infrastructure, marketing, things like that that can serve the business as a whole, centralized group that serves everyone. So as an example, we could be, I could have someone in our Vancouver office to uh, close to home for you and they have a requisition for something, they need something that could be serviced out of the St. John's Newfoundland office, for example, or out of the Irvine, California office or out of the Seattle office. So a centralized system for corporate corporate services. So the people doing consultants, sales, support can be doing and focusing on the things that they're best at. So that's number one was focus. Number two is uh, a philosophy of engagement. So, and by engagement is what I mean in terms of the people, fair and equitable across the organization, never be satisfied and always challenge our teams to perform at higher levels. Recognize that our managers are our key to success and we live and die in their performance. Recognize that time zone and a distributed workforce are a very big challenge. So leverage all the tools and the technology to break down those borders and have a genuine, consistent experience. A simple example of that might be that I'm talking to you on Skype today. We use a different flavor of uh, video conferencing or Teams, but same concept. And I could have three people in one office and then four people working in remote locations. Everyone comes in through a common standard. The three people who are in the office don't sit together just so everyone's on an even keel. Now, that's a small example, but consistency and breaking down those geographical borders. And then the last thing is... uh, Results, you know, because I think we have engineering in our DNA because this organization was built by, uh, I shouldn't say completely built, but heavily influenced by engineers and an analytical data-driven approach. So results, you know, our, our incentive programs and our performance incentives for employees should be measured on the outcome of their contribution to the business. Our structure that we have in place should enable growth and a recognition too that, you know, not all areas of the business can grow at the same rate. It depends on trends of the time, market opportunities, things like that. So we want to invest and support areas where there are growth and take a slightly different approach in other areas that are not more about optimization. That's a long winded answer, I know, but uh, <laughs> I think. It's it's basically, in a nutshell, our management philosophy that if we do our job right, then then a manager in Chicago will approach a problem in a similar way with similar guidelines as a manager in London, England. Mm -hmm. Well, I find it interesting, you know, in terms of we hear a lot about corporate culture, but I've heard less about, and you know, this is maybe interview, we've done maybe number 50 or so, and um, hearing about a management philosophy, a thing that basically underpins how people are expected to work and act and, and make decisions is really helpful, distinct from, you know, general corporate corporate values or company values. And then, you know, in terms of your three approaches, the focus, you know, the the centralized structure of the business, the engagement, and then focusing on 
the consistency and results, you know, all of those things put everybody on an even keel, as you had said, and that it's really about that. Because one of the things I had heard in terms of that centralized model, the first thing I thought of, I was like, oh, aren't people going to feel like this? I'm always doing stuff for this person or that person. But it sounds like everybody in your organization, you've built this culture of, of, of teamwork. And through your decision makings, it drives all of that forward. Well, only only to say that, you know, uh, obviously you do have challenges, but I think we have the right framework in place to address them. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we are a people-driven organization uh, and, you know, our people are the most valuable asset in the entire organization by far. So I think that's a, that's an important piece to mention when, I mean, we're selling our knowledge as an IT consulting firm. So we have to recognize that. Absolutely. So let me, I'll, I'll give you sort of a choose your own adventure path here as I like to do. So the first one is, are there any stories from your, you know, 20 plus year career growing this business, anything that you put in place that didn't work that, you know, you're willing to share and, and say, you know, here's what I would have done different or here's what I put in place to, to fix that. So that's one option. And then option B is, you know, creating a culture of performance. You know, I know a lot of owners that I talk to, they want to, you know, they want to incentivize their people. They want to motivate them, whether that's financially, whether that's through, you know, recognition. So what are some things that you've done to drive and motivate your people so that they are driven to perform? So something that you did wrong that you learned from, or how have you uh, been driven, driving performance in your organization? Over the years, uh, being in the business of software, uh, you know, intellectual property is a really key component in terms of being a differentiator from the next company that does what you do, and also in terms of creating and building and evolving the subject matter expertise in certain areas. So we have a couple of times ventured outside to procure and acquire external intellectual property, thinking that we could just take it and build upon it. And that, I would say, has been something that I've definitely had some regrets over, simply because is that when you build a product and become a software publisher, it's very difficult to take momentum and take a detailed, complex code base and then just assume you can kind of keep evolving it because uh, it's it's there's a characteristic DNA that an organization kind of puts a stamp on it. And uh, I have found that very difficult to overcome. So going out, procuring intellectual property, thinking that, hey, we're cutting down on the ramp up time and the time to market. What we found is we're much better off just doing it ourselves from scratch, even if it takes a little bit longer. Got it. So one of the things is, you know, so, not rushing the in the specific case of I intellectual property IP that you yeah. you know building it yeah. from scratch versus trying to not take a shortcut but trying to speed it up a little bit was a learning area. Yeah, and have and also that has to be coupled with the business acumen of a subject matter expert in that business area to support it. Otherwise, you just have developers in a room producing a product that uh, misses the mark. Hmm. So they got to have that that tie into not just the what but the how and the why and at that like business like 
business decision making at, at the highest level. Yep. And then uh, the other one you talked about was uh, performance incentives. Yeah, how are you incentivizing? Like, how have you motivated your people? What have you done specifically to create those, you know, focused on results culture? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it, it depends on the category you're talking about for salespeople because we're in the business about uh, being out, getting in front of businesses that are making pretty significant decisions and pretty large investments when you're talking about removing a system that used to run your business for five or 10 years and now can't for a variety of reasons with a whole new one. So there's an element of a capital cost. There's an element of a change management piece. Is the organization ready for that? So it's, it's a, from a sales perspective, it's a big deal. You know, our, it's not like we're, we're selling cars where you sell, you know, five a week, right? These these uh, projects, uh, especially in the ERP space, can take uh, you know six to nine months sales cycle sometimes. So you really have to. Uh, we don't have a magic bullet for paying uh, salespeople. You know, the more they sell, the more money they make. I think uh, you know, which is uh, pretty standard if you're in sales. Now around consulting, because consultants are rev- they generate revenue obviously by doing the implementation and uh, elements of support. So they have uh, group bonuses and individual bonuses based on how they deliver. And then um, the other component is uh, our, if you get into our higher level management team, then um, they are in a position to uh, share, share revenue based on hitting business plans, which we, you know, we're, for example, right now we're in the middle of our 2020 planning, uh, mm-hmm. and in the next 30 to 40 days, we should have very detailed plans laid out for what we want to accomplish in 2020. So they're held accountable against that plan, and they're aligned with it, and they come up with a lot of it, and uh, it's important that uh, everyone has buy-in and everyone says, yeah, we're going to do this, and then reward them when you accomplish it. Got it. So create those high-level targets that everybody is clear on how they can influence and move forward on. Yeah. So strategically, you know, we like to try and look out as broad as five years uh, in the organization. Where are we going to be in five years? But at a more tactical, granular level, uh, we like to have a solid plan for our calendar year, which is our fiscal as well. We like to have that plan fully baked uh, before we even start the year. And that includes things like what's your hiring plan? How many consultants? How many sales? What's your geographical plan? Are you going to open up any new territories? What kind of marketing and demand gen programs do we need to put together to generate the sales qualified leads that you need to provide to your salespeople to help close that business that will reflect in the plan? So we're planning at that all at that level. That all falls back into corporate services so they know how many people they got to hire and when it falls back into all of the service directors knowing hey we need to have this many billable hours in 2020 to hit our plan it comes back to this is the software targets we need to do it comes back to this is the cloud infrastructure that we need to put in place uh, for our customers in order to meet that plan and it all falls together into one number your top line revenue plan for the year 
I mean, you talked a lot about, we talked about culture, we talked about performance, you talked about some strategic planning, execution, uh, you talked about, you know, the guiding principles for your management. As a vice president, as a co-founder of a company, and somebody who's grown the company successfully over the past, you know, 20 years to a couple hundred employees, what would you say are the top two to three best practices that you would want to share with our listeners who are typically, you know, senior leaders in senior positions and, and really driving those top line and bottom line results for a, for an organization. From my personal standpoint, I would say hire good, talented people and get out of their way and let them do their job and know when to get involved and when to just let them get their job done. So that's certainly uh, one area that's worked worked well for us. I think that. Um, Patience, because a lot of times uh, we've done several, uh, we've done, I think, about 12 acquisitions over the last 15 years as part of our, you know, it's been a dual growth strategy, organic and acquisition. So I would say be patient because when you do your modeling in an acquisition and you say, well, this is going to pay for itself in two years, then Usually it takes longer. Usually it takes another year or two beyond that. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be patient. And then I think, you know, you got to be, if you're truly interested in growth, then you can't be too mm -hmm. risk adverse. And uh, the my favorite anecdotal hindsight story about Vision 33 is that we have an advantage in terms of we have some diversity, not only from a product line offering and a service offering, but from a geographical offering. So if you wind the clock back to 2006, 2007, 2008, those were pivotal years for Vision 33. And at that point in time, we had a going concern in Canada and we had a somewhat more fledgling business in America. And if you remember the economy in Canada in 07 and 08 and 09, when the world was crashing around us here in America, was pretty good. So we had a nice profitable business going back then in Canada and our competitors were, were dying and we were able to go out and uh, do some really strategic acquisitions at that time for good prices because um, it was just the market conditions dominated that. And we took a lot of those people who were former business owners and uh, we gave them really uh, nice opportunities to kind of continue to do what they do, but give them all the support uh, they needed and uh, be part of a broader organization. As a result, a lot of those people are still with us today. It allowed us to kind of leapfrog ahead of our competitors. And then when the dust settled and when the economy started to pick back up, we found ourselves far and away the uh, largest company doing what we do uh, really way ahead of our competitors. But we took, you know, we were prepared in a time when economic certainty was probably uh, at a low point for the, uh, for a generation. And we kind of, we took some chances, and uh, but they were calculated bets, and we knew things would turn around. So, and they really paid off. You know, when the dust settled, like I said, 
we uh, we haven't looked back, and that was uh, that was over a two or three year period. So, so really, that incorporates that that patience component as well as that risk taking component, and you know the methodical putting the plans in place to move it forward. Yep. When you're uh, running a business, you have a choice. You know, do do I want to run a nice little business and have a lifestyle, or do I truly want to try and take it to a whole new level? And uh, how you answer that, that question truly internally uh, can set the stage for some of the approaches you take and how you run the business day to day. That's awesome. Well, definitely, um, you know, just on your on your growth trajectory and everything you've done, you've been able to do that very successfully. So kudos to you. Kudos to the team and your co-founder and everything that you've been able to to accomplish. And I wish you many more years of, uh, of success, both in Canada and abroad. Thank you very much. Come by our Vancouver office and pay us a visit anytime. Fantastic. I hope that offer is uh, open to uh, some of our listeners as well. Um, where can people uh, learn more about uh, Vision 33? Uh, Vision33.com is uh, certainly a good place to start. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Alex Rooney. You can find me there. And uh, also on our website, there's a lot of uh, white papers, customer testimonials, customer business case studies, things like that. So do check that out. Perfect. And it looks like you're hiring as well, always looking for great people that fill in with that culture, I imagine. Yep. Yep, indeed. That's awesome. Thank you, Alex. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I really appreciate the time. Okay, Anthony. Take care. If you're getting ready to lead the strategic planning process yourself, be sure to check out our strategic planning toolkit. It has video walkthroughs to guide you through each step in the planning process from vision to action planning. We'll also have workbooks and downloads to document your plan and best practices to help get your team bought in so the plan gets executed successfully. You can get instant access to all the tools, all the templates, and all the downloads at smestrategy.net slash course.